Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive, so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones, so we'll never lose touch with civilization, and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic and conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Presented by T-Mobile, the official wireless partner of Odyssey Sports. With an awesome network and great savings, there's never been a better time to join T-Mobile. Visit your neighborhood store to make the switch today. In 49 other states, football is just a game. But this is Wisconsin. The Green Bay Packers have won the Super Bowl. The Lombardi Trophy is coming home. Wisconsin fans demand the best. The best analysis. The best interviews. The best coverage. And no one delivers like the Bill Michaels Huddle. And welcome, Bill Michaels. Huddle is on the air. It's good to uh, good to be with you tonight. As always, it's brought to you by our friends at Bud Light. Bud Light and Bud Light Seltzer. Bud Light Seltzer, 100 calories, unquestionably good. The Green Bay Packers start after their season 43 and 34. They knock off the Minnesota Vikings in fine fashion. They've got the Detroit Lions on the docket. 12 noon kickoff in the Lions. They held at one point a 20-6 to lead going into the fourth quarter, and who knew that any kind of a cardiac comeback would be brought to you by our friends down in uh, Chicago, led by Mitch Trubisky, who uh, answered with 21 straight points to put the Bears over the top, and uh, it ended up being rather uh, an ugly defeat and an ugly loss for Matt Patricia and company over in Detroit. I am joined tonight by Bart Winkler, the Bart Winkler Morning Show, and his producer Ryan Horvat and hire Ryan Horvat, part of the uh, part of the pregame for the Bart Winkler Show. Guys, how you doing tonight? Pretty good, Bill. You how you doing? It. What's up, dude? I am doing well. I'm in a colder climate uh, up here in the Northwoods, but enjoying myself. It's a beautiful evening, no wind and blue skies and about 50 degrees, so uh, I'll, I'll be out imbibing a little bit later. But, I miss, uh, uh, but yeah, I'm... it's not bad. I miss the huddles the way they used to be, Bill, where we'd be actually staring at each other, maybe having a uh, Bud Light or a Budweiser and talking some <laughs> yeah. football with some Imbibing people. Imbibing before yeah. the huddle and not afterwards. <laughs> <laughs> uh, guys, let me start with this. Uh, we talked about a lot of uh, positives coming out of that game uh, on Sunday. We always lead with Aaron Rodgers, but really to me, uh, and, and I think Gary Ellison said it best during the postgame show when we were talking about the possibility of MVP, MVPs, whether it was uh, Jair Alexander or Aaron and Rodgers, he said, look, you got to give it up to the offensive line. Elkin Jenkins moves out. They're putting guys and shuffling them around, and then they got to move Elkin Jenkins back, and Billy Turner's got to come in. And then it, it just, it, it, with Lucas Patrick going down, Lane Taylor going down, Lane Taylor's out for the season, the offensive lines didn't seem to skip a beat, and Aaron Rodgers basically went.
went. He was t- hurried twice in that game and went untouched as far as the sack goes for the entire game. Uh, give me your thoughts on the offensive line. Bart, I'll start with you. I, would th- I think it was uh, really impressive that they were able to maneuver on the fly and still not lose any of the production. I mean, you always you obviously want your best five out there, and I like that approach from Matt LaFleur this year that, hey, maybe this guy is a tackle, so to speak, but I want my best five and I'll figure it out from there. You get down to having to have John Runyon in emergency duty, Rick Wagner comes in, and we did not hear a lot of great things about Rick Wagner in training camp. John Runyon, obviously a draft pick, and we're thinking, okay, well, let's see what happens here. And we know the Vikings pass rush has been – very good in the past. No, Daniil Hunter was huge in that game. But to have those guys come in and to stay steady like they did, I think it was a big – It was a big. that's that's one of my big worries about this team. I, I think the Packers have a lot of strengths. They obviously, like any team, has a lot of weaknesses, and the depth of the offensive line does concern me a little bit. But just at least get that performance, and now these guys have gotten some reps, especially John Runyon, build some confidence – I think that's going to go a long way, and I think that they they did well, whether it was protecting Rodgers and also keeping sure there were no flags thrown on these guys. I think that I just saw the stat last night. Holding was down in week one, 78%. So I don't know if the, the umpires have like a directive not to call it, but I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to say it was because the Packers were just excelling at the offensive line is how I'm choosing to look at it. But I think the fact that the depth had to – Get called on, Horvat. They get called on, and then they they succeed. I think that goes a long way. Yeah, I completely agree. And I mean, what Elton Jenkins did is pretty amazing when you think about it. All last season, he fills in as a rookie, becomes your starting guard, doesn't allow a sack all season long, and then switches positions three times in the same game. I like what I saw from everybody. I was a little bit worried about Rick Wagner heading into the season just because I was hoping that they'd be able to find a way to pay Brian Balaga, but I get you can't pay everybody. You have Kevin King coming off. Uh, you know He's going to be a free agent. Aaron Jones, I know that they're trying to get a deal with. At least his people say that they are. Uh, you know, you got a lot of guys to pay. Luckily, you got the Kenny Clark deal done. But just Brian Balaga, I, I know that he had an injury-filled career in Green Bay, and I know he had the ACL injury and some injuries here and there. He got the flu in the playoffs last year. But he's just been so good against the top pass rushers in the NFL, especially the last two seasons. If you look what he did against guys like Khalil Mack, so I really was hoping that they'd find a way to bring him back, but I get financially they weren't able to do it. So now we wait. We see what we got with Rick Wagner, who, you know, he started for Detroit from 2017 to 2019. An amazing job by the offensive line. Um, I just try not to overreact to week one. I feel like we do that every NFL season. Every NFL season, Tom Brady's finish after week one. You know, the Patriots dynasty is over. We overreact to every little thing. Um, so the offensive line looked good week one against a beat-up Vikings defense. Now we'll wait and see how they look the rest of the season. So was Aaron Rodgers, guys, a product of Aaron Rodgers, or was he a product of the offense? It seemed like he got rid of the ball extremely quick. As a matter of fact, the quickest of all quarterbacks in the National Football League this past weekend with a release uh, rate of 1.79 seconds. It seemed like he looked at maybe a primary and then knew right away to get rid of the football, get into a rhythm, get into a timing. So Aaron Rodgers, a 127.5 quarterback rating, looked uh, as good as he's looked and is rated, graded as high as he's graded since week nine of 2011 uh, via Pro Football Focus. Uh, of, excuse me, of 2010 since Pro Football Focus started grading this. And uh, so was he a product of the offense or just because Aaron Rodgers has come out and now like wants to prove the world that he's Aaron Rodgers? 
Yeah, that's a great question right there. I was actually listening to a podcast coming in, and Trent Dilfer was talking about Aaron Rodgers. And he kind of, I know that there's some people that thought the Jordan Love pick would obviously light a fire under Aaron Rodgers, and that's what he believes. Even though Aaron Rodgers says that he doesn't need any motivation, he says that's when he's at his best, when he's playing with a chip on his shoulder. And I think throughout his career, that's kind of what he's proven. I love everything that I saw from him, and I would love to know what he saw in that film that he went back and looked at from 2010, 2011. You love to see him get rid of the ball quickly, and you really love to see him not leave any throws on the field, because that was my only issue with his play last year. I thought he was solid, but he wasn't the Aaron Rodgers of 2011, 2012. You know, he was missing some throws, and he was leaving a lot of throws on the field. So that's what I liked, as you just said right there. If the primary isn't available, he's checking down. Um, I like the fact that he's looking for his running backs out of the backfield. I just really love the play calls, and I think that Aaron Rodgers was really good, but the preparation they had going into week one, I give a lot of credit, obviously, to Matt LaFleur because I just thought the game plan, you know, outside of the first quarter where the red zone offense was kind of a disaster the first couple drives, I thought it was just the perfect game plan uh, all game long. You know, with this Jordan Love thing, well, I just the Jordan Love thing, you know, it drives me, it's been driving me nuts all week. Like, and I don't want that to be true. I don't want it to be true where Brian Gutekunst and Matt LaFleur thought we need we need more out of Rodgers. We can get him a weapon, but we we got to build a fire under him. So let's let's draft this quarterback and then not give him a weapon. I don't want it to be true from that standpoint, and I don't want it to be true from Aaron Rodgers' standpoint that this guy who has been so close to another Super Bowl since 2010 actually needed a little bit of a push to play better. I don't want it to be true. The more I see the evidence, it's it's hard for me to it's hard for me to not agree that maybe it is true a little bit. I think what it did with Rodgers this whole draft was it at least gave him the finish line. And you know, he was saying back nine of his career last year. Well, now he can see the clubhouse, you know? And now he can see that this isn't going to be his team even if he can play another 5-6 years. You know, the he knows that at least that is in the works whether it's Jordan Love or or the next guy. He will not be a Green Bay Packers quarterback forever. And so maybe there is something to that. I think the other thing is what Horvath said. He just looked sharper. And I think it's a, a merger of finally seeing what Matt LaFleur wants to do with this team and what Aaron Rodgers can bring to this team. This The, the, the design of the offense is made to make things easier for the quarterback. And when you've got all this deception and you've got you know, they didn't get another receiver. They didn't get a tight end, but they do have weapons. Adding the jet sweep to this offense, the teams will scout it now, but adding that, yeah. just that one thing has, I think, made things exponentially easier on Rodgers. And to have a weapon like Devontae, I think we were talking with, maybe it was uh, Ryan Wood from both of our shows. I'm not sure who, but Devontae Adams had 14 catches on Sunday. It didn't feel like he was being forced at those 14 catches at all. That was just within the flow of the offense. So I think there was so much good, whether it was I see the clubhouse now or whether it was Rodgers just getting back to what made him him, I think that this is going to be a sign of things to come for this year. Let's do this. We're going to take a quick break. When we come back, uh, there's a guy that needs to prove something, even though he proved something. We'll tell you who we're talking about. This is the Bill Michaels Huddle. It's brought to you by our friends at Bud Light. Bud Light Seltzer, 100 calories, unquestionably good. Bart Winkler alongside Ryan Horvath. I'm Bill Michaels. We got more coming up right after this. Border to Border, the Bill Michaels Sports Talk Network. For Thielen is intercepted. 
the safety a moment ago. And he comes up with the interception. The turnover before the half was absolutely huge for Jair to make that play. And then for us to turn around and execute on offense. I mean, that was that was big time. That really changed momentum in the game. I, th- I think it had a big impact on the outcome of the game. But, you know, when we're up on somebody, we have got to, we can't relax, not for one second. Matt LaFleur talking about Jair Alexander having a big game in the Packers' defense. Uh, they relaxed in the uh, fourth quarter. They gave up a couple of drives, even though they were playing prevent far too quickly, both of them right around two minutes uh, for getting touchdown scores. Uh, a little bit concerning for the Green Bay Packers. The Packers go up against a depleted secondary. The slot corner, Justin Coleman, had already been ruled out last week after being placed on the IR with a hamstring injury. First-round pick, Jeff Akuda has also been dealing with a hamstring injury. That kept him out of the uh, the season opener. Free agent signing Desmond Trufant, another starter for the Lions. You got it right. He's got a hamstring injury, uh, which means that Mitch Trubisky was able to take advantage of a bad secondary, a depleted secondary by the Lions, and reel off uh, 21 points in the fourth quarter to come from behind and beat the Lions. The Packers take on the Lions at noon uh, coming up this Sunday at a fanless Lambeau Field, which is going to be weird within itself. Ryan Horvat, Bart Winkler, I'm Bill Michaels. We're brought to you by Bud Light. The end Bud Light Seltzer, unquestionably good, 100 calories in the Bud Light Seltzer. Uh, let me start off with you, Bart, this time. Uh, so Marquez Valdez-Scantling, uh, we talk about players that have to prove things. Did he prove anything to you, or with the couple of drops, does he still got a long way to go? First of all, having no fans at the huddle, too, Bill, is getting hard to – It's weird. I might download, yeah. like, you know, like bar – ambience noise like that i might right i might play that under. did you see the video i did today uh preview on the show by the way yeah i'm jealous personally i'm i'm sitting here in the <laughs> studio bill and i gotta be up at 4 a.m for work tomorrow so i'm super jealous i want to come hang out with you it was uh it was about 48 degrees when i did that but the point is is that it's really weird i'm sitting out in the up north but i've got to use props for bud white budweiser bud light seltzer and stuff because we can't be in the bars i agree with you it's weird yeah, I miss I miss the people and talking during breaks and yeah. them not knowing that we're you know on the air and still talking to us. I miss I miss it all. Right, <laughs> I definitely miss it all. Uh, I'll get back to the question with with MVS. I I wouldn't say that he he didn't like. Yes, kind of, kind of, because I think what's happening is Marquez Valdez Scantling is getting to a point where he's building confidence in him. And that's what he needs. And Rodgers has confidence in him, too. So that's what I think MVS needs. I think you can compare it a lot to Devontae. I mean, Devontae Adams, his second preseason, I called for him to be traded. I called for him to be cut because Devontae was like, all the hard catches Devontae would make and all the easy catches he would drop. He had some big-time drop problems, and it was excruciating from a second-round pick. And now you're seeing that a little bit in Marquez Valdez-Scantling. And so to have Devontae there to kind of guide him through this. And Marquez does need to be. He can't just be the burner, so to speak. He's got to be a guy over the middle, too. I think dropping the deep ball, that's one thing that happens. You don't want it to, but it does. An over-the-middle, third down, nobody around you catch, those have to be made 2,000% of the time. So... It was good that he got the four catches, good that he got the touchdown, good that he has things to build on, but he still does have a lot of work to do. At least he's got two guys in Rodgers and Devontae that it seems like really do believe in him. 
Ryan, did the fact that Aaron Rodgers went back to him even after the couple of drops that it, it tells you that he is not going to shy away from going to Marquez Valdez-Scantling and that maybe that big catch for the 45-yard touchdown pass went a long way in securing Aaron Rodgers? And, and the fact that he's actually had a really good camp probably went a long way in securing some of Aaron Rodgers' trust. Yeah, and I think that was I mean that was that was the big takeaway for me because if you go back, I mean Aaron Rodgers used to trust his guys. I mean, when he was young in his career, Jordy Nelson, if you go back to the Super Bowl has drops, Rodgers goes back to him and obviously benefits from him. They won the Super Bowl. I also go back to a play it was on Monday Night Football years back where James Jones ran the wrong route and Rodgers threw a rare interception and he chewed him out on national TV and I remember the cameras picked up on it. And then the next season, James Jones, I believe, led the NFL in touchdown receptions with 13. He used to trust his guys. I feel like ever since he lost a couple of his guys, Jordy Nelson, Randall Cobb, you know, then they draft three rookies. He doesn't know any of these kids. And I think he had a hard time trusting them. And I don't know who's I don't know how MVS ended up in the doghouse last year. I mean, I know he had struggles. The first eight games of the season, he was all right. Then he dealt with the injury. When he came back, his confidence just wasn't there. And I remember in the NFC title game, I think he only played a snap or two. So he was either in LaFleur's doghouse or Rodgers' doghouse. But they need him to be really good. He has to produce. And I think he has to come into this season with more confidence because they could have drafted a wide receiver. It was the deepest wide receiver class probably in the last decade. You know, they could have picked up another receiver in free agency or tried to make a trade, and they didn't because they have all the confidence in the world in this kid. So I think now he just needs to have confidence in himself. And he said that's not an issue. But then they interview Aaron Rodgers, or you hear his presser, and he says, well, I think his confidence is a little bit of an issue. So um, he needs to be good. That's the main thing because they don't really have a whole lot of other options. Who else on this team, and I'll go both defense and offense, who else on this team either needs confidence or needs to prove themselves? Bart? Confidence on offense, I would say we've got to see what St. Brown can do when he's activated. we got to see what Sternberger can do. Yeah, He had the, uh, the target down the sideline, wasn't able to hang on, but I think there's a lot of raw talent there. I would like to see him get worked into the offense. They At tight end, they like Josiah DeGuara. They do. They like him in a bunch of different ways. And, you know, Bob Tanyan is a trusted source, I think, from Rodgers. You know, big dog. He's going to be in there a lot in the running game. It's going to be tough for Jay Sternberger to find a consistent amount of snaps. So I think when he is in there, he has to make the most of it. Defensively, we're going to have to see some of these guys step up on the defensive line with Kenny Clark battling this groin. And even when Kenny Clark is good to go. I think Tyler Lancaster actually played pretty well last week, but you need to see these guys, Lancaster and Kiki, Mm -hmm. they've got to make sure that they can step up. And then what's happening at inside linebacker, not to take all the possible options that uh, Horvath could mention, but I think what's happening there with Christian Kirksey leading in tackles and then Chris Barnes coming out of nowhere. I think there's a lot of guys that that week one performance, when you score 43 points and you can come home with a win – I think that's going to, you know, it obviously helps, but there were some good performances in there that can the Packers can build on. Yeah, I'm going to agree with you. Yeah, Ryan, when you talk about uh, well, when you talk about uh, the middle linebacking core, I'll go back to the tight ends in a second, but when you get, get a guy in Barnes that gets cut and then starts, comes back and starts, and you've got Oren Burke sitting there, you've got Ty Summers sitting there, I mean, uh, Ty Summers looked like he was all-world last year in the preseason and just couldn't find his way onto the field. Uh, between them, Montrevious Adams, they, there's a few guys defensively. I agree with you guys about the tight end, but I think defensively there's some guys that's sitting there right now that have some things to prove. Yeah, absolutely, and that's what kind of concerns me going into this game against Detroit. It's that Detroit 
always plays Green Bay well. I mean, they beat them both times. Green Bay did last season after struggling the year before, but they didn't lead in those games until the final seconds, and it took a Mason Crosby, a couple Mason Crosby field goals to put them away. But I agree with the defensive side of the ball. The defensive line really does concern me in going up against Detroit this weekend. You know, if everybody's healthy in that backfield, they got three guys that are capable, against this defensive line especially, for going for 100 yards on the ground. Adrian Peterson punishes Green Bay every single year, even if it's 36, 37 years old, it doesn't matter. I like on Johnson. For some reason, Detroit uh, just has struggles getting him involved in the offense. But everybody on the defensive line, minus Kenny Clark, uh, needs to play with more confidence and concerns me a little bit. I wanted a wide receiver in the draft like everybody else. I just wanted to surround Aaron Rodgers with more weapons. It it's, really is the back nine of his career. But I think more important than that, I wanted another inside linebacker because I like Christian Kirksey when he's on the field, but the last three seasons in Cleveland, he just struggled to stay on the field. And then the defensive line, when you get gashed like that in the NFC title game by San Francisco, I mean, that's concerning right there. And I know they say don't try to build – you know, to beat the team that beat you last season. And I think San Francisco, to be honest, comes back down to earth and may finish 8-8, eight and 9-7 eight, and seven this season. But it wasn't just San Francisco that they had problems, uh, you know, stopping the run last year. Christian McCaffrey had a decent game against them, even though they won that game at Lambeau. Delvin Cook had a couple nice games against them. Uh, so that's the concerning thing for me. I think everybody on that defensive line needs to step up and play with more confidence, especially if Kenny Clark's unable to go to on Sunday. Go back to the uh, tight end position. I know Mercedes Lewis gets the uh, veterans rest and such, uh, but uh, you talked about Jay Sternberger, you guys, and Sternberger, you, you know, Robert Tanya. Robert Tanya's come up with some big catches and has had some good hands, but Sternberger's the guy they really want to emerge. Uh, how many how many games does it take, in your opinion, to get Sternberger to really kind of be indoctrinated into this offense and really get that opportunity to start catching passes? Or does he not get it because either, one, he doesn't block well, or, two, he's not a possession guy, he's not as good as Mercedes Lewis in that particular role? I mean, how long do you think it takes for Sternberger to, to, for us to figure out if he's the real deal or not? Well, I think I think it could take a while, and I don't think that anybody should panic over that. You know, he dealt with the injury last year. And then came back into the playoffs, catches a touchdown. And then so we look at that and say, all right, this is going to be the guy. So now now we're putting expectations on him when he's still, I mean, he essentially redshirted his year last year. Now he's got a lot of guys at his position, guys that he can learn from. We're going to want to see flashes from him, certainly. But if it's if it's not clicking or if it's not if it's not coming, if he's not getting more than 20 snaps a game, I, I wouldn't I wouldn't you know, sound the alarm. I think that this guy, like I said, the raw talent, he wants it. He's motivated. He was a guy that Horvat and I had a chance to talk to this summer. He certainly wants to be that next great Packers tight end. So I think that it may take some time with him just because of the other guys at the position. But like with Rashawn Gary, Rashawn Gary didn't get in a bunch last year, but look who else is at that position. Preston Smith, Zedarius Smith. Okay, you're not playing because of them, but you're also learning from them. So to learn from these guys, to learn from Robert Tanyan even, who's been with Rodgers now for a few years, to learn from Mercedes Lewis, who's done it all, I think that this can only benefit Jace. So I, I wouldn't, if he's, you know, if it's eight weeks and we're like, ah, Jace Sternberg is kind of disappointing, I would, I would wait to at least next season before we really start to say, is this guy the real deal or not? Because I think he'll, he'll use this time and he'll need this time. He's Bart Winkler. I'm Bill Michaels. Ryan Horvath in there as well. When we come back, can we finally say, if something goes right in this game against the Lions, can we finally finally say Mike McCarthy is really gone? I'll tell you what I'm talking about when we come back. It's the Bill Michaels Huddle brought to you by Bud Light and Bud Light Seltzer. 100 calories, unquestionably good. We've got more right after this. 
16 stations strong. The Bill Michaels Sports Talk Network. You know, since I broke my leg in 2018, you know, it was a long recovery. You know, a lot of the, some of the changes that I made, you know, we're in the weight room, you know, that's kind of helped to, to rebuild my legs after, you know, a couple of years of a little more pain than I'd like, uh, like to have on a regular basis. Those are the words of Aaron Rodgers. Aaron Rodgers is, well, for lack of a better term, working on his legs. Because once your legs go, everything goes. And uh, he knows as well as anybody that you have to be able to, uh, you got to be able to move as a quarterback. You can't get stuck. And uh, you can't, you know, you can't be drugged down from behind. Otherwise, injuries happen in that particular way as well. you got to be able to extend plays with your legs. And everybody knows that once your legs go, you are just simply not the same. So Aaron Rodgers worked on his legs a whole lot in the offseason. Welcome back. It's the Bill Michael Settle brought to you by our friends at Bud Light. Bud Light Seltzer, 100 calories, unquestionably good. Bart Winkler from the Bart Winkler Morning Show and Ryan Horvat, his producer, and also the pregame from our flagship station out of Milwaukee, 105.7 FM, The Fan, joining us uh, here tonight on the huddle. The Packers get a win over Minnesota, 43-34. The Lions are next on the docket, who got uh, beat by the Bears and come from behind fashion, 27-20. at so I had addressed this as we were sitting here speaking, guys, and, and going to going to break, but Mike McCarthy's offense for the last three, four, five years has gotten off to a very slow start. Last year, the offense got off to somewhat of a slow start. If the Packers, say, put up another, I don't know, 24, 27, 35 in this contest against the Lions, can we then officially say – with the motion, the movement, the look of the offense the way it is, can we now say that uh, Mike McCarthy and his thumbprint on this team is is virtually no more? You know what I was surprised with, Bill? I was surprised Aaron Rodgers when he talked this week. I had always figured that the pre-snap movement, all that kind of stuff, I'd figured that McCarthy just didn't either want to do it or understand how to do it. And then Rodgers said, mm-hmm. "No, I didn't want it. I didn't. I didn't like it either." So I was surprised that Rodgers wasn't on board with that. So yeah, I think if they put up another, you know, 35 points, I think that's going to go a long way into saying, all right, this is an offense that not only can score points, but will continue to score points. I think for a lot of people, I know I'm one of them when I was watching that game on Sunday, you know, the Vikings start scoring points in the second half with the prevent defense or whatever. Now that we're familiar with as Packer fans for sure. But every time I just, I, I figured the Packers would answer every time the Vikings scored. I wasn't like, walking around the house all nervous and pacing and doing the one thing that actually gets steps in for these days, I was actually comfortable and confident that the offense would then go back down the field and score. And that's something that I haven't felt for a long time. And I think that, yes, to answer your question, I think yes. Ryan, do you think the new look or this look of Matt LaFleur's offense, even though it's a copycat league and more people are doing what Kyle Shanahan and company are doing, that we can officially say that uh, they start putting more points on the board early on this season? Because it always took Mike McCarthy's teams, you know, weeks to finally get things going, and they'd always say, well, offense is a process, and it's like, you know, after 10 years, you should know the process. Can we say that it's gone if they start putting up points early on in ballgames? Yeah, I think so. I was actually pretty high on the Lions going into this season. I said I could see the Lions going 10-6, and six, or I could see the Lions because of the coaching staff and stupid penalties being a 3-13 and 13 team. But next week is really going to be the game that I'm paying attention to because the Saints have very good defense. So I want to see what they do against them. But yeah, I think that they just need to be consistent. I think one big thing 
for Aaron Rodgers. I mean, if you go back, his hard count has been more effective early in the season before, but with no fans in attendance. I mean, if you go back to Sunday, he drew the Vikings offside three times, twice on third down for first yard, first down yardage. I said, I think this is a perfect year for Aaron Rodgers to really put up an MVP-type campaign because he's kind of a... When I watch Aaron Rodgers and Russell Wilson play the game of football, they're like backyard players. Where every, they could just make so much happen. Russell Wilson with his feet, Rodgers with his arm strength, and at times his feet as well, even though he's getting a little bit older. They're the kind of guys that could go in the backyard or go on the playground and just draw plays up in the sand. But if we see what we saw on Sunday and the play calling stays consistent... I think they could be a top offense in the NFL. I just want a bigger sample size just because if you go back, the game plan that I really loved last season was when they went into Kansas City and beat the Chiefs. Now, granted, the Chiefs didn't have Patrick Mahomes, but I just loved the play calling because they didn't have Devontae Adams, and the whole game plan was centered around Aaron Jones, but using him out of the backfield, splitting him out wide, uh, catching passes as well. And then Devontae came back. And I didn't love the play calls the last month of the season so much because it was just targeting Devontae 20 times per game, uh, Rodgers dropping back 35 times. I don't think that's the key to success in today's NFL, especially with an aging quarterback. And uh, I think you keep Rodgers clean, you run the football, it's going to add a couple more years to his career, and you're going to keep him healthy. 32 of 44, 364 yards, not a sack, only hurried twice. Uh, I, you know, I'll always say we'll take those numbers, obviously, but I think the fact that he dropped back 44 times, he didn't have a sack because his legs are with him, and he was only hurried twice. I don't like him throwing the ball it is really that much, but the fact that they really ran it, I mean, Aaron Rodgers and Tim Boyle, if you take away the three, quote, carries that they had, they ran it 29 times and passed it 44. Is that the balance that you would be looking for, Ryan? Yeah, for me it is. It really is. And if you go back, like if you watch some of those offenses last year, um, the last eight games of the season, for example, I thought Kirk Cousins and Ryan Tannehill were the best quarterbacks in the league. I mean, outside of Patrick Mahomes, because everything they did was off the play action because they both had really strong run games. And I think with the balance. You come around on my boy Tannehill? I mean, well. (laughs) No, not really. I mean, I think that the game plan just made him look really good last year because if you look at everything he did, it was off the play-action pass because teams had a game plan against Derrick Henry. I really want to see the Packers get A.J. Dillon involved a little bit more, and I know that you know the two carries he got are because he's a rookie. He's got to learn the game plan and the offense since there was no preseason, but I really want to see him involved in the red zone. Those first couple trips into the red zone where you're walking away with field goals or you walk away uh, going for it on fourth down, it ends up working out for you because you get the sack and the safety from Jair, but I want to see A.J. Dillon in those kind of situations. That's why you drafted him, to give him those goal line touches. I love Aaron Jones, but you save him for the end of the season, and he's not really a goal line type back. I like Jamal Williams, but I'd prefer A.J. Dillon in those situations. So, yeah, I think that that's about the balance that you want. The uh, The offense uh, continues to flow. The run game looked good. Bart, did you think that they would use five different running backs in this in this particular game? Or if you want to call them running backs when you're using Tyler Irvin and, and you're using Alan Lazard as, as you know, wheel route guys and, and they're, you're, you're running jet sweeps and stuff with them. So did you think that they would do this much running of the football with this much dynamicness to it? In my wildest dreams, I always hoped and wished. I I didn't think I'd actually see it, and I think that's going to be a key part of this offense going forward. Now, again, teams will start to scheme against the jet sweep, but just running again, you know, running Tyler Irvin out there. If you have Tyler Irvin out there now, is he going to run? Is he going to do the jet sweep? Is it going to be a reverse? Is he going to go for a pass? All of a sudden, you're making the defense think something that 
under McCarthy, especially the last few years, defenses really didn't have to think. It was same personnel. They line up. They don't do anything. And then they snap the football and run the same play you're expecting. I loved it. I loved that first drive. They were shuttling in personnel. A bunch of different guys got on that field. I like that A.J. Dillon got some carries. I like that Tyler Irvin got some carries. I like that Alan Lazard was running with the football. I think this is only going to be, you know, expanded perhaps as the season goes on. This is the kind of stuff that I was excited about when Matt LaFleur was hired. And now you have a year under everybody's belt. They had a whole offseason of, like, no nothing but time to study it. And now you're seeing, at least in one game, it looking very, very good. So, yeah, now teams will say, all right, this is the Packers now. We'll scheme for this. But I do think that there is so much more possibility that's been open just based on what we saw in one game. When we come back, uh, would you rush him back? And we'll talk about who we are talking about when we return. This is brought to you by our good friends at Bud Light. Bud Light Seltzer, unquestionably good. 100 calories in the Bud Light Seltzer. For all the information, go to BudLight.com. That is BudLight.com. I'm Bill Michaels. Bart Winkler and Ryan Horvath in the studio from the Bart Winkler Morning Show. we got more of the Bill Michaels Huddle. It's coming up right after this. Everywhere in Wisconsin, the Bill Michaels Sports Talk Network. I'm expecting a lot of the same. Um, obviously, with not having anybody there, um, just the crowd noise. And I caught a ball on the sideline this past game, um, ran an out route. And, you know, my own team, some of the defense didn't even realize that I caught the ball and I was right there. I was looking for some love and didn't get a whole lot of love on the sideline. But, I, you know, I just chalked that up to the the you know, they were locked in doing their thing on defense. So it's, and without any crowd noise, no reactions, it's, it's, it's tough. Devontae Adams talking about nobody really knew he caught a pass because there wasn't any reaction. It was weird without fans. And it'll be weird again coming out of the tunnel of Lambeau Field and not hearing the seventy to 80,000 going crazy with the Go Pack Go chance. And that's the way it's going to be, at least for the first couple of home games. At Lambeau. Welcome back to the program. It's the Bill Michaels Huddle brought to you by our good friends over there at Bud Light and Bud Light Seltzer. 100 calories, unquestionably good. Go to BudLight.com for the info. Packers get a win in Minnesota 43-34 without fans at U.S. Bank Stadium. Now they come back home to face a noon kickoff with the Detroit Lions. Bart Horvath, or Ryan Horvat and Bart Winkler alongside of the Bart Winkler Morning Show. I'm Bill Michaels. And guys, uh, the big question is Kenny Clark. And we know the deple- depletion of depth if Kenny is not in there. Now, with a groin injury, you're using leverage. He has not practiced the last couple of days. He's a big dude in a really thick lower half of his body when you talk about leg strength and and balance and leverage. But with a groin injury, especially with a guy that's that stout, I don't know that I'd rush him back. I mean, I know that there's a question there, but to me, uh, I'd give Kenny Clark all the time he needs to heal up because if he injures it again, it most likely is going to be uh, worse than what it is right now. And, and Bart, I'll start with you. Uh, do you think, even though they're going to miss him, would you uh, put Kenny Clark, if he could play, back into this ball game? I would like to see Kenny play if he can. Groin injuries are weird. I think that you know rest is always good with any injury, but I feel like groin injuries from when I've had them, uh, playing sports – and I've had them from playing sports. They like, yeah, right. <laughs> they, uh, you know, they linger and then they they affect you more at certain times. I think with this particular game, you're going to need Kenny Clark in this game. Yeah, can you win without him? You got to make that determination. But Carryon Johnson is a weapon. 
Then they go and get DeAndre Swift, and he's going to be known for that drop for a while, but he he can run. And now they've got Adrian Peterson, who nearly had 100 yards the other day. So this is a team that's got three different options like the Packers, and they can all run between the tackles, and that's where Kenny Clark lives. If they can bring him back, I would certainly like to bring him back. Obviously, long-term is most important, but I'm I'm cautiously rooting that he can play on Sunday. Yeah, I'm kind of with you, I'm, Bill. Uh, I'm hoping he can, but I don't know if I would, Ryan. And and I'll go back to you, Ryan. I'm sorry, but I I just knowing the guy, those guys in the trenches use that lower half for leverage so much. I don't. I I might sit him out a couple of games, even though it might mean that he doesn't go to New Orleans. Yeah, I'm with you. I said the same thing today, uh, Bill. It's just a, not the lingering issue that you want Kenny Clark to be dealing with all season long. Now the problem is who's going to step up. And fill that role, because if you go back and you watch everybody on Sunday, I mean, you don't have Adams right now. He was inactive. He's got this toe injury that I didn't even know about. Tyler Lancaster wasn't very uh, effective last season. Everybody just brings something different to the table. Like, I like Kiki. He's very athletic, but he really can't stop the run. I like Tyler Lancaster. I think he's kind of an underrated athlete, but his pass rush is non-existent. So everybody's... Just nobody brings what Kenny Clark does to the table, and I think it's going to be important having him the second half of the season. Uh, obviously, you want him in there against Detroit because, like we all know, they got three capable running backs, and they could destroy you with their with their ground game. And you want him against the Saints because that's one of the top offenses in the NFL, and you're going to see Alvin Kamara and some of the you know better running backs in the league coming up here in the next couple of weeks. But I want Kenny Clark uh, healthy the second half of the season as you go on that stretch run, and you don't want that lingering issue or you don't want it to get any worse, and then, you know, what do you do, sign somebody off the street? Because I really don't trust anybody else on this defensive line right now. So if he's not even 70%, I sit him out against Detroit on Sunday. I like the fact that they moved guys around. I mean, you're going to see Zedarius bouncing in and out. But the guy then that if that happens, that really needs to play well and kind of prove the pick, uh, Bart, is Rashad Gary. Uh, Rashad Gary is going to have to, if they're going to move Zedarius to inside and start moving those guys around, then you're going to find out, one, your depth at linebacker because you're going to need it, and then secondly, you're going to need to have Rashawn Gary really start to show you why they drafted him so high. Well, I'm I'm still very high on Rashawn Gary. I know it was a questionable pick at the time. Uh, I think that he, you know, especially with the, the free agents that they brought in, like we mentioned, the Smith brothers, but just from what we've seen of him in flashes, even a little bit last week, there was a great chase down of Kirk Cousins that he had. I think this guy is going to be the real deal, and I think sitting behind Zadarius and Preston is going to be for him almost what Rodgers sitting behind Favre was like. To have that kind of knowledge, like we said with Sternberger, I mean, this is the league now where we expect rookies to produce and we expect rookies to perform, and rarely do they get the opportunity to sit behind somebody in their first year. It's not like Rashawn Gary didn't play because – he wasn't good enough to play. He didn't play a lot last year because Preston Smith and Zadarius Smith are two of the top players at their position. They're very, very good. And Rashawn Gary is just going to soak that in, and we've seen it already. So if there's a scenario where it gets me more Rashawn Gary on the field, you know, again, I want to see Kenny Clark. I you, What you guys both said, great points. If if the, if the result of that is more Rashawn Gary, all right, I can breathe a little easier because I think, I think he's due for a big year this year. Uh, you would certainly hope so. Going back to how much Rashawn Gary played, I mean, you look at what he's he's done as far as actually uh, actual snaps. This at least will give him, if indeed they have to move from. He played 32 snaps in that game against Minnesota. 
And with Kenny Clark going down, he's going to get more of that experience. So uh, I, I really believe that, look, he's going to get his opportunities if indeed he's – because Rashawn Gary's not a, a big-time pass rusher. He's more of an edge setter than anything. He's not a guy that's going to get to the quarterback. And I, I think – People are led to believe that he's going to be this big mauler and he's going to somehow become this sack master. And, and Ryan, that's really not his game. His game is setting the edge, stymieing the run, and just being more of a disruptor than it is a sacker, right? Yeah, yeah. And if you go back and you watch on Sunday, I was actually pretty disappointed uh, with, with the outside. I mean, Zadarius, Rashawn Gary, Preston Smith in that game, I don't even think he had a pressure in the game. I mean, Gary had one, Zadarius had one. And even with that big lead, I mean, Zadarius was only double teamed, I saw, on 15% of the Kirk Cousins dropbacks. I wasn't really impressed with the pass rush whatsoever. I'm high on Rashawn Gary, too. I just don't really know what he is. I watched him a lot at Michigan, and he was this, you know, five star recruit. And they never really know, they didn't didn't really know what to do with him there either. He would take on a lot of double teams. I think he played out of position for an entire season. Maybe you could argue two seasons, but they didn't really know what they had. You know, you got a great athlete, and you know, he's got all the physical tools. He really just has to put it all together. But uh, I'm I'm pretty high on him as well. Um, you know, when you hear Preston and Zadarius talk about him and Mike Pettin talk about him, Mike Pettin mm-hmm. said he's all over the field. You know, and, and I like hearing the confidence that those vets have in him. So I do think that he's going to be a good player. I think it might just take some time. And I agree with what Bart said. I like the fact that, you know, I wasn't really happy with the draft at first, but you didn't have time to get these guys really, you know, set because there was no preseason. So you're almost building for the future. So, um I think he'll get it figured out. I don't know if it's going to be this season, but I do expect big things, uh, you know, year three, year four. One hour down, one hour yet to go. In the next hour, we're going to take a look around the rest of the NFL. you got a game tonight for the Battle of the Buckeye State, the Bengals and the Browns. We'll start making our picks. And when I come back, I'm going to ask a question, and does that make me a jinx after I say it? I'll tell you what it is when we come back. Bart Winkler, Ryan Horvat, I'm Bill Michaels. This portion of the program brought to you by our good friends at Bud Light. Bud Light, the official beer sponsor of the Bill Michaels Sports Talk Network. Also, Bud Light Seltzer, 100 calories and questionably good. We've got more right after this. Wisconsin wide, the Bill Michaels Sports Talk Network. In 49 other states, football is just a game, but this is Wisconsin. The Green Bay Packers have won the Super Bowl. The Lombardi Trophy is coming home. Wisconsin fans demand the best. The best analysis, the best interviews, the best coverage, and no one delivers like the Bill Michaels Huddle. Good evening. The Green Bay Packers in Minnesota get a 43-34 go-away win easily, even though the defense gave up some scores late. It didn't seem to be as close as even the final score indicated. Welcome back. It's the Bill Michaels Huddle. We're brought to you by Bud Light and Bud Light Seltzer. 100 calories, unquestionably good. Go to BudLight.com. They take on the Lions. Noon kickoff at a fanless Lambeau Field coming up this uh, Sunday. Bart Winkler from the Bart Winkler Morning Show on 105.7 FM, The Fan, our flagship station out of Milwaukee, along with Ryan Horvat from the pregame show and producing the Bart Winkler program as well. Both on hand tonight for the Bill Michaels Huddle. And, uh, guys, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to be called many names. 
if this doesn't go right. I'll be called basically a jinx. But does Matt LaFleur lose in the division this year? The oh. toughest game by many already circled is now out of the way. He went uh, he, he went lossless last year in the division. He beat the Bears, beat the Lions, beat the Vikings, now has beaten the Vikings on the road. I'll start with you, Bart. Does he go again undefeated in the division? I think I'd take the bet that he does. I think I think he laid it out there pretty well. Now, the Lions, Lions are going to be tough. I, I don't know. You got to you got to expect you're going to drop one to the Lions. You didn't lead for a second last year, and you still somehow won both games. I, you know, I, Horvat's been very high on the Lions this summer. He's brought that up already tonight. He's been very high on the Lions, and there's a lot of reasons to be high on the Lions. But then you watch the end of that game yesterday, or uh, last week, I should say. You watch the end of that game, and, you know, as we're watching Packers-Vikings, we're following the other games, and, oh, the Lions got a big lead. Ha-ha, Mitch Trubisky sucks. Ha-ha. Oh, the Bears scored. Oh, wow, okay. Oh, they scored again. Oh, geez. And then they show you, if you're watching the Packer game just on normal TV, they show you the game for a little bone cover, a little bonus coverage, and the Lions lose. The Lions, as they say, lion. I, I mean, yes, it's 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 at least even odds, and that's five games to go. But this division, it's not very good, uh, and I think the Packers were sort of included in that. But now, with the way they played in Week One, Green Bay, and we've talked about it a bunch in our number one, with the way they played on Sunday, and then you look at the rest of the teams, I think you got to be feeling pretty good that it, at least it's possible. Now, if they don't do it, uh, you are the jinx, not me. I'm just kind of going along with you. It's your show. But yeah, I uh, I think they could do it. Yeah, I I'm I'm with you, Ryan. You, I think if anybody's <laughs> gonna get him, it is gonna be Detroit. And I was high on Detroit because if you go back last season, they were in every single game. They didn't lose by more than seven points. They played Kansas City tough, and then they lose Matthew Stafford for the second half of the season. David Blau comes out of nowhere as their starting quarterback, and they were still in every game. They just can't close games, and they get in their own way. Stupid penalties. I don't really like Matt Patricia, but I just think they have so much talent that I just I don't want them to put it together. You know, being uh, a Green Bay fan, but I just I almost feel bad for Matthew Stafford because pretty soon his career is going to be over, and he's accomplished a whole lot of you know good statistical numbers, but he's never won a playoff game, and he's got all these weapons. I like Marvin Jones. I really like Kenny Holiday. Oh, Kenny Galladay. I think he's the second best receiver in the NFC North, right next to Devontae. But for some reason, they just can't close games, and they get in their own way. Uh, Chicago doesn't really scare me. They did going into the season, their pass rush, mainly because I thought Khalil Mack would have a huge bounce back year. And Robert Quinn scares me a lot, but I think they signed an injured player. I don't think he's right. I, I don't know how that happens with physicals and whatnot, but with COVID, who knows? I don't think he's right, and I don't know what he's going to look like this season. So defensively, I don't think they're going to be the same team that they were two years ago when they won the division. And Mitchell Trubisky... I think the worst thing for the Bears, to be honest with you guys, you obviously want to start the season 1-0. You want a division win. I think the worst thing for the Bears was Trubisky coming back in the fourth quarter, throwing those three touchdown passes, and winning that game. Because if he loses that game, and you start off 0-2 or 1-2, you could make the switch to Nick Foles, who I do think is the better option at quarterback over Mitch Trubisky. But he wins that game. Now you got to keep going back to him. And so I think that was the worst thing to happen for them. Minnesota, just too much roster turnover. That's what I do like about Green Bay with this season, with no real 
uh, OTAs and with no preseason, not a whole lot of roster turnover. So the rookies, even that you draft, the free agents, which you didn't really pick up because Devin Funches opts out of the season, you know, no, everybody kind of knows each other. There's a lot of familiarity there. So that's why I do like Green Bay, but I do think they drop a division game. It's just so hard to go undefeated in the division two years in a row. Here's a question for you, and uh, this is one that I started doing some research on, and I went, uh-oh. Uh, the top three rushers against the Green Bay Packers all time, Walter Payton, Barry Sanders, and Adrian Peterson. And if Kenny Clark is down, even though he's aging, does Adrian Peterson run all over the Green Bay Packers? He's always had success against them. He has got nine 100-yard games in his career, dating back to 2007 against the Green Bay Packers. Bart, can they stop him? I think he's going to have a normal Adrian Peterson against the Packers game. So I guess the answer is no. Then you just got to contain the rest of the team. I was surprised, you know, when he signed with the Lions, I was surprised that they signed him because this is a guy, his career has been over every offseason for the last four years, but he keeps finding a way to get on the field and perform. And then the Lions sign him, all right, and then they say they're going to start him. And then you look at what he did – he rushed the ball, half half of their carries were his last week, and he had 93 yards. And this is a team that already has on Johnson, who a couple of years now, everyone's expected him to get going. But then they go ahead and draft DeAndre Swift out of Georgia, and we're like, wow, okay, this is a pretty good one-two punch. And where they don't seem to have a need, hey, Adrian Peterson's there, let's go get him. I expect Adrian Peterson to get his. If that's 100 yards, that's 100 yards, especially if Kenny Clark's not out. Can the rest of the Lions' offense put up points on the Packers can Kenny Galladay if he's going to play is he going to cut us up I mean I I, when I think of a Packers Lions game in the last few years somehow the Packers win these games but the Lions Marvin Jones over the middle third down 18 yards Mm -hmm. Kenny Galladay down the sideline 25 yards whoever their tight end is at the time now it's Hawkinson over the middle they need 10 yards on a third down they get 11 the Lions have been able to cut up the Packers in many different ways running the football hasn't really been one of them now you factor AP into that equation coming off a good week one. I, I think the Packers are going to win this week, but I don't think it's going to be – it's certainly not going to be a route, and it's probably going to be a closer game throughout than it was this last Sunday. The Lions, they have a good football team. They've got a lot of good weapons. If we now, as the Packers, if we if we get past Minnesota without Daniel Hunter and then get to play the Lions without Kenny Galladay and then go to week three and play the Saints without Michael Thomas – I mean, you're setting yourself up for another fluky 13-3 and season if that's the case. But the Lions certainly now with Adrian Peterson. And if it's not him, they got two other guys. And these guys can catch balls out of the backfield too. So this is certainly – I think they're going to win, but I'm not like – I'm not going to the, to the ticket window and putting my mortgage on it for sure. Yeah, Ryan, Adrian Peterson has 16 touchdowns in 19 games against the Green Bay Packers, almost 2,000 yards. He's only 25 yards short of that. He averages 5.13 yards per carry against the Green Bay Packers. Are they going to be able to hold him under that? I don't think so. I think he'll put up some big numbers against Green Bay, even at his age. Like Bart said, 93 yards in his debut in the Lions offense. I mean, he had, what, five days to learn the playbook? Not that you really have to teach him a whole lot. You hand him the football and let him do his thing. 14 carries. You know, Bart joked uh, that every offseason we hear his career's over, and then he latches on with the team and he puts up numbers. I've been saying his career was over since he's been at Oklahoma. He had the ACL tears, but he always, (laughs) because of his preparation, because of the way that he trains, I'm a big Adrian Peterson fan. 
Off the field, I don't know. But on the field, I mean, he works his ass off. And every single season, he brings it. And it's kind of crazy to see. But I expect him to put up big numbers. And I also expect Matthew Stafford to put up big numbers. The crazy thing about Stafford is I always ask this question. Is he a good quarterback? Like, when we think about his career, when it's all said and done, is he going to be a Hall of Famer? Because he's never won a playoff game. But he puts up huge numbers. He's thrown for 5,186 yards against Green Bay, the most of any Packers opponent, 34 touchdown passes against the Packers. But his record against Green Bay, 7-11 against Aaron Rodgers. So he puts up these numbers, but is he good or does he put up these numbers because his team's always out of it, they're always chasing, and then he put, you know he pads his stats a little bit in the second half. But him and Adrian Peterson, I think, both put up big numbers. I still think Green Bay ends up winning the game, but I think it's going to be a close one. Let's do this. We'll step out. We'll take a quick break. When we come back, Devontae Adams, a multi-touchdown game. He's been doing it as of late in the last few games, as a matter of fact. Uh, He's seen a lot of action and had numerous touchdowns in a game against this week's secondary. Will he do it again? We'll talk about that. Also, the possibility of Aaron Rodgers having an MVP season. This is brought to you by Bud Light. Bud Light Seltzer, 100 calories, unquestionably good. Go to BudLight.com. This is the Bill Michaels Huddle. We'll be back right after this. You're listening to the Bill Michaels Sports Talk Network. Uh, I mean, obviously just a a credit to Adrian Peterson and and what a great um, professional he is. You know, came right in, stepped right in, and like he had been here all the way through camp. Um, you know, he was in camp. He was in shape. Uh, he was ready to go, you know, for the season. So he obviously put his work in through the course of the spring and, and through training camp uh, with the Redskins. But, um, you know, he was he was in he was in a good place. He was, you know, ready to kind of come in and, and make something happen. Welcome back to the program. That was Matt Patricia talking about Adrian Peterson. The Packers taking on the Lions at Lambeau Field. A fanless Lambeau Field this coming uh, this coming weekend, and this is brought to you by our good friends over there at Bud Light. Bud Light Seltzer, 100 calories, unquestionably good. For all the seltzer information, go to BudLight.com. It's a Bill Michaels Huddle. I'm Bill Michaels. Uh, Ryan Horvath, Bart Winkler from the Bart Winkler Morning Show joining me uh, on the panel today. Uh, together, the duo became the first set of teammates, that being Adrian Peterson and Danny Amendola age 34 or older, to post at least 80 yards rushing and 80 receiving yards in the same game. It hasn't been done since the Raiders' Rich Gannon and wide receiver Tim Brown did it together back in uh, years and years and years ago, back in 2000. So the older guys getting it done uh, for the uh, Detroit Lions. I, but I want to talk about the older guy in the Green Bay Packers, and that is uh, Aaron Rodgers. Um, you guys have talked both about Aaron Rodgers and MVP status. He went back and looked at something from 2010, the year they won the Super Bowl, and I believe two things. I believe one is that he had seen that uh, you know getting rid of the ball quickly and allowing the guys, the receivers, to do the work really did become extremely beneficial. Now, he had an unbelievable cast of wide receivers, and you look at a guy like Donald Driver who got more yards after contact than damn near anybody, it was just amazing. Uh, but I think that and the fact that he does he, – he had been, in the last couple of years, mechanically throwing off of that back foot almost uh, all the time, and balls were sailing on him a little bit and such. I don't know what he looked at specifically. I got to look. I got to think that maybe one of the two might be something that he looked at and caught on to. But if he uh, does indeed correct some of these things, are we talking about a guy 36, 37, 38, 39 that's capable of winning another MVP? Bart, I'll start with you. I, I don't think he'll win it. I just think that the competition out there is too extreme. I think that Patrick Mahomes is going to be a front runner. I think that. 
Lamar Jackson's going to be a front runner. People are going to discover what Kyler Murray can do. I think that people are going to want to give it to Russell Wilson as a career achievement award, which I'm fine with. The fact that he's never had an MVP vote is ridiculous. I think Aaron Rodgers, though, can still have an MVP season, like an, an MVP season and still finish maybe fifth in the voting. He has the opportunity to play and put up stats and be as effective as he's had the opportunity to do so in years. Even if he doesn't have the weapons and the talent that we all wanted and still want, a more focused Aaron Rodgers, a Rodgers that, as you mentioned, went back and looked. I mean, this is a guy who's, he has the ability. How many people can say that? To go back and see what you did 10 years ago, what you did the last time you won an MVP a couple of years ago, and then learn from that. So I definitely think he can have an MVP season. I just think now, is he going to be the MVP? There's so much good young talent, and there's so many other guys that are going to have big years that I, I don't I wouldn't bet on him to win it, but I certainly think he could have a season that's deserving of the trophy. Ryan? Yeah, I did bet on him to win it. I bet a hundred dollars to win twenty two hundred dollars. I thought that was a solid investment, Bill. And if you go back to Sunday, that was the sixth best game of his career, the second best game he's had since two thousand and ten. So whatever he saw on tape I mean, he's corrected it, but also, as I mentioned, I came in, I was listening to a podcast with uh, Ryan Rossillo and with Trent Dilfer, and Dilfer, I thought, I thought he said it best about Rodgers. He said, here's a guy that always plays best when he has a chip on his shoulder, and Rodgers will never admit that. You know, he won't say that he needs the extra motivation, but if you piss him off, that's when he's at his best. And he has all the statistical numbers. You know, he has the MVP trophies, he has the one Super Bowl ring, and so it's easy not to become complacent, but kind of, yeah, come, become complacent. You know, if you're Aaron Rodgers, you've kind of done it all. But then the Packers draft Jordan Love. He knows now he's got, what, maybe three to four more years in Green Bay to win another Super Bowl. And that's he does care about his legacy. I don't care what Aaron Rodgers says. These guys all care about their legacy. And he knows winning another Super Bowl will put him one step above Brett Favre. And I think he wants one more ring than Favre. He wants to win two here in Green Bay. So I think that um, – I think – I don't. He just looks different. There's something different about him. He looks happy. He's always smiling. We saw those photos of him at training camp laying on the practice field after practice. I mean, I don't want to put two and two together. He's also a single man. I mean, I think we all do our best work when uh, you know, we're left alone. That's half of a joke, but <laughs> I I look <laughs> I look coming into this game. Devonte <laughs> Devonte Adams. Gets a franchise record for receptions in a game with 14. He gets 156 yards and a couple of touchdowns. Now, I, I know the Lions are dealing with some injuries in their secondary. They're signing free agents. It's it, it's it's not a good time to be in the secondary for the Lions with Aaron Rodgers looking hot and Devontae Adams looking this good. But does Devontae Adams, Bart, uh, continue on with getting multiple touchdown games as comfortable as he and Rodgers? Like you said, it didn't look like Rodgers was force-feeding him the ball. It just looked like... He went to many different people and then came back to Devontae and then went to Devontae again and then went to other people and then came back to Devontae. Uh, does he get another uh, two-touchdown game in this one coming up? Uh, I, w- I, wouldn't, uh, I wouldn't bet on it, but I, I also think that two-touchdown games will be will be happening for him this year. I mean, he is a top-five receiver in this league, and that not, that might be not generous enough. I mean, he is a very, very elite receiver, for him to have these games, though, where 14 catches are like, oh, my gosh, he had 14 catches. For that to happen again, 
he does need these other guys to continue to play well. He's going to need MVS to have a four-catch game with a touchdown, not drop the ones that are in front of him. Alan Lazard he's going to need to produce. He's going to need these other guys in the backfield to, again, create some uh, misdeception, some deception, I should say, for the defense to leave him open. If he starts getting double-teamed again and, and triple-teamed, it's going to be harder, and then you might get back to the forcing of the football. He can catch two touchdowns though. He he can do that this weekend. He can do it. He can do it pretty much any week. It's just will these other guys give him that sort of room to do it? I think talent-wise, oh yeah, but it's just going to be about the flow of the game and how teams scheme against him. And if you don't want him to get double and triple teamed, your other weapons that Rodgers may or may not have, they're going to have to step up as well. Ryan? Yeah, I mean if you look at Devontae's last 6 games going back to last season, I mean, he is just been a different wide receiver. I think he's the best wide receiver in the game right now. I like Michael Thomas a lot. You know, I like Julio Jones, obviously, a lot. But if you go back, even, you know, when he came back from the injury last season, he's been on a whole nother level. 14 grabs, 156 yards to start the season, even in the NFC title game. You know, nobody else showed up, but Devontae had nine grabs for 138 yards. I kind of hope that he doesn't put up the same numbers that he did last season or in previous seasons where you really need to rely on him and Rodgers is targeting him, you know, 19, 20 times a game because that means everybody else is stepping up and filling their role. I want to see MVS have a big year. I want to see EQ find his way back into the rotation with these wide receivers, get healthy, and be what we think that EQ could be. And I want to see Alan Lazard, you know, continue to get better because really when you think about it, Alan Lazard, I know he's been in the league a few years. This is really his second year in the league, you know, that he's actually uh, getting some reps. So I want to see those guys continue to develop, but I think Devontae will continue to put up really big numbers. Bart, I'm going to ask you this. What do you think of Matthew Stafford? And the reason I ask is when they start posting his statistics, even though what we talked about earlier was he's kind of gone innocuous because of the team in which he plays for. But Matthew Stafford, most touchdown passes through 150 starts in NFL history, ranks eighth. Now, Aaron Rodgers is first, followed by Marino, Peyton Manning, Tom Brady, Brett Favre, Drew Brees, Phillip Rivers, and then Matthew Stafford. The most completions, Matthew Stafford leads that quarter, quarter uh, that category, followed by Drew Brees, Matt Ryan. And then the most yards through 150 starts, Matthew Stafford leads that statistic, followed by Aaron Rodgers, and then Matt Ryan. How good is a really good Matthew Stafford. I think he's good. I think Matthew Stafford's a good quarterback. I think he's going to be forgotten about in history. He'll go down as a victim of circumstance. He's been on this franchise that's been futile for the entirety of their existence, and especially with him. You have a all-world receiver in Calvin Johnson who bails out on the team because they're so dysfunctional. And we've always we've we've talked about this, you know, if you look at Tom Brady in New England, how he's won the six Super Bowls. What other quarterbacks could have won Super Bowls in New England with Bill Belichick? I think if Matt Stafford had the kind of career that Brady, like if he was Brady, if he's the one that replaced Bledsoe, and if he played the 20 years, they'd win at least one. I mean, they'd probably mm-hmm. win two. They'd probably win three. So, I, I, you know, I think that he's just, it's a victim of circumstance sort of thing. It's so much about your talent, but it's also the organization that you come into and the situation you come into. He's an incredibly talented quarterback that's going to get forgotten because he's on a forgettable team. I think it's a shame for him. He is the 18th-ranked quarterback when it comes to the most passing yards in NFL history, and he is 19th 
most passing touchdowns in NFL history and the fewest games needed to reach 40,000 passing yards, number one in NFL history is Matthew Stafford. That's how good he has been on such, like you had said, a feudal team that is basically a, a, a kind of a footnote in the NFLs when it comes to history. Let's do this. We're going to go ahead and take a quick break. When we come back, you, we have games to pick. Uh, you got a game starting tonight, a battle for the Buckeye State, and uh, then we're going to go around the rest of the National Football League. Bart Winkler, Ryan Horvath, I'm Bill Michaels. This portion of the Bill Michaels Huddle brought to you by our good friends at Bud Light and Bud Light Seltzer. 100 calories, unquestionably good. Go to BudLight.com. We've got more right after this. Border to Border, the Bill Michaels Sports Talk Network. Mike Clements. Christian, when you face a guy like AP or a Frank Gore, is there something about their game, their vision, that makes it even tougher for a linebacker? Yeah, you know, AP, he's seen it all. He's been in the league for uh, a long period of time. Um, he has the respect from his peers. So when you just have a, a veteran on the field like that, you know, it, it takes everybody else's game to another level. Welcome back to the program. It's the Bill Michaels Huddle. It's brought to you by our good friends at Bud Light. Bud Light, the official beer sponsor of the Bill Michaels Sports Talk Network. And also, don't forget about Bud Light Seltzer. 100 calories, unquestionably good. You can go to BudLight.com. The voice you heard was Christian Kirksey talking about Adrian Peterson as the Packers get ready for the contest. Noon kickoff at a fanless Lambeau Field coming up this Sunday. Now we get into the rest of the games uh, on uh, well that are on the docket. And uh, last week I went 10-6 and six in my picks, a couple of easy ones that I missed, and shame on me. But we'll start out with a game that's uh, already in progress. And who knew that the Bengals would get on the board early, but they're up 3 to nothing as we speak so let's go uh, back into the studio and bart i'll start with you Bengals for the battle of the buckeye state on the road taking on the browns who you got i I like the browns tonight and if they don't win then i am going to officially be done with baker mayfield i think that he's got so much talent i think he can be so good i'm not sure if he's motivated but I, i you know they're at home it's a thursday night i've seen the browns win these kind of games before i'm taking the browns tonight they're down 3 nothing now, so I'm already sweating it, but I am going to take the Browns tonight. Ryan? Yeah, I'm going to take the Browns, too. Um, the thing about Baker Mayfield, if you go back to his rookie year, he breaks the rookie touchdown passing record, and then year two was a disaster, and I blamed it on the offensive line and the play calling. Now Kevin Stefanski takes over as head coach, and week one it looked kind of the same as last year. Granted, they were playing the Baltimore Ravens. Meanwhile, I... I really like what Cincinnati's doing. I really do. Uh, I like Joe Burrow a lot. He's off to a hot start tonight, 5 of 7. Uh, but but still, I think they're about a year or two away. And they're the Bengals, so we kind of know how that goes. But I'll take the Browns tonight, I guess. Yeah, on the uh, possibility to get a game-winning field goal, their kicker cramped up, and it went wide <laughs> right. So the Bengals lost <laughs> that game so, last weekend. So is there a more Bengal way to lose a game? And I felt so bad for Joe Burrow. Because he played his ass off. I mean, yeah. you know, the numbers weren't great, but he hung in that game. In his first NFL start, I had to give him a lot of credit because he didn't have any preseason. You know, OTAs were pretty much virtual this offseason. And in his first game, he's got him hanging around there. So I felt bad. That's a terrible way to lose your yeah, first no. game. 
We are unanimous, though. I've got the Cleveland Browns. Even though Cleveland's down 3 to nothing. I have the Browns. Uh, the New York Giants on the road. They're 0-1. The Bears with that cardiac comeback at the arm of Mitch Trubisky, who looked as if he might lose his job uh, in game one, uh, may have gained a little confidence. But I'm going to take the Bears at home, and dare I say it, to be tied with the Packers to go 2-0 and atop the division. Uh, I'll take the Bears over the Giants. Uh, Ryan, back to you. I'm going to take the Giants to win this game in upset fashion on the road. Daniel Jones, the weird thing about Daniel Jones is I think he I think he's going to be a solid NFL quarterback when he stops turning the football over. His problem is he fumbles the football a lot and he doesn't take care of the football. I do think that the Giants actually get a bounce back win. Saquon can't be as bad as he was week 1. He had 6 yards on 15 carries in that game. Ben Roethlisberger rushed for more yards than Saquon Barkley week 1. So I do think that he has a bounce-back week, and I think that'll be the biggest upset of the week. I think the Giants beat the Bears. Bart? I'm going to go with Horvat. I think that the Giants weren't as bad as they looked in Week 1, and I don't think the Bears were as good as the result got them. And again, if, if Adrian Peterson can have 93 yards against the Bears last week on 14 carries, Saquon Barkley is going to have more than 6 yards on 15. So I will take the Giants to win in Soldier Field. You got the Falcons on the road. Both teams are winless. They're taking on the winless Dallas Cowboys. Mike McCarthy's debut was uh, lackluster, and the fact that he's getting crucified for the fourth down call. But uh, not that it's a home field advantage, but uh, they're back in Big D, and I think Dallas is better than what they showed uh, to open the season. I'm going to take the Dallas Cowboys at home. Bart, back to you. I'll take Dallas. Fun fact about the NFL this week, every team that was on the road last week is at home. And every team that was at home is on the road. Has not happened since the merger, but it's happening this week uh, in the NFL. I'm not just going to take Dallas because of a analysis reason. I want them to succeed. I want McCarthy to succeed. I felt so bad for him. He kicks the field goal when he would all or he doesn't kick the field goal. He would always kick the field goal. Mm-hmm. He sometimes he's punting in that situation. He's Mike McCarthy, you know. <laughs> but he he he's, he's chasing the ghost of his career in Green Bay. And he doesn't kick the field goal when he should have. I'm rooting for them. This is a this is not an analytical pick. This is a rooting pick. So I'm taking Dallas. Ooh, I'm going to take Ryan? Dallas as well because Atlanta, the first eight weeks of the season, the last three years, they just haven't showed up. They lost four of their first five games in 2018. Last year they began one and seven, and they finished the season seven and nine. They played for Dan Quinn's job, and then you know this season. You lose to Seattle, okay, that was a tough way to lose. But if they start off 0-2 this season, I, I don't think I don't ever root for anybody to lose their job, but you have to start considering maybe moving on from Dan Quinn after another uh, disastrous start. But I'm going to pick Dallas, and I'm rooting for the big guy, so I hope Mike McCarthy gets it done. Two decent 0-1 teams going at it. The Colts are at home at Lucas Oil Field. In the meantime, you got the Vikings, who got beat by the Packers on the road. Uh, this is where I take the road team to get a win. I think the Vikings are better than what they showed. And uh, for whatever reason, I just think Kirk Cousins doesn't play great against the Green Bay Packers and their defense didn't show up. But I'm going to take the Vikings on the road to get this one. Ryan, over to you. I think I'm going to go with the Colts. The thing about the Colts is um, I think that they're a good football team except for the quarterback position. $25 million for one year of Phillip Rivers after the interceptions the last two years. And I like Phillip Rivers, but Phillip Rivers, every Sunday there's one thing guaranteed. If you turn on uh, Red Zone Channel, 
Phillip Rivers is going to be down 10, 7 points in the fourth quarter. He's going to drop back about 45 times. He's going to throw 400 yards, two touchdown passes, but he's going to get picked off to end that game, or there's going to be a disastrous finish for him. If I was the Colts, what I would have done, rather than give Phillip Rivers a $25 million deal for one year, is I would have paid Teddy Bridgewater, who's 27 years old, lost one game in New Orleans last year, put up nine touchdown passes to just two interceptions. And then this season, granted he lost week one, had a touchdown pass, no interceptions, threw for over 270 yards. Uh, You know, I felt bad for the Colts because I think they really were built to win. And then Andrew Luck just retires out of nowhere last year. I like their offensive line. I like their defense. They could get after the quarterback. I think they bounced back at home despite a couple turnovers from Phillip Rivers and they beat Minnesota. Bart? I want to take the Colts. I think the Vikings are going to have a deja vu week from last week, a high-scoring game. I like Phillip Rivers in daily fantasy, but I do think the Vikings will get this one. I'm excited to see Jonathan Taylor get the start for the Colts, but I think that Delvin Cook is just going to be too strong against them, and I, I, I do like the Vikings in this one. Next one, solid Bills team on the road going down to Miami to take on the Dolphins. Bills 1-0, Dolphins 0-1. I think the Bills go to 2-0 and get the win in this contest. Bart, over to you. Yeah, I agree with you. I think that Josh Allen is a very interesting quarterback. I think he's a frustrating quarterback to have for your football team. He's going to turn the ball over a lot. But I think him using his legs, that is an incredible weapon that maybe, you know, you think Lamar Jackson, you think Russell Wilson – Josh Allen kind of gets forgotten in that, but he is definitely a weapon in Miami. They, they've got some guys that are talented, but just as a team, they are not. They are not ready. They've got a. They're just biding time before two is ready to start. So I like Buffalo. Yeah, Ryan? I'm gonna go with uh, Buffalo as well. Josh Allen, I love Josh Allen like as a fantasy type quarterback, but I think he. I think he has a shot at becoming a legit NFL starter. Last week, 33 completions, 312 yards, both career highs for him. I'm going to pick Buffalo. I actually picked Buffalo to win the division. Uh, the Patriots look pretty solid week one, but uh, I'm definitely going to take them against Miami. Since Sean McDermott's become head coach of the Bills, they're five and one against Miami. I'm not. I I want to see what Tua could do. I know he had the hip injury, and it's kind of most likely going to be a redshirt year. And Ryan Fitzpatrick put up decent numbers last season, but I want to see what Tua could do. So I just hope he gets in one of these ball games soon. Uh, you got the 49ers on the road taking on the Jets. Both teams knocked off in week one, even though San Francisco is going west coast to east coast, and normally that's a terrible trip. I just don't believe at all in the Jets. I'm going to take the 49ers in this one. Ryan, over to you. Oh, I'm going to go. Yeah, I, I'm going to I'm going to go with the same pick. I think I think you have to. Uh, sure. Bart? I'll the, I'll, yeah, I'll take the I'll take the Niners. <laughs> I think you got to go with the Niners. I mean, one, right? I mean, so here's the thing: they're go- not going to be as good as they were last year, but they're not they're not losing to the Jets. Well, I think that they finish. I could see an eight and eight, nine and seven season. I really could because last year, so they got a great pass rush. But last year they did the same thing that the Bears did two years previously. You know, t- you know when they won the division, is they stayed really healthy. They didn't have a whole lot of injuries, and they got after the quarterback and they took the football away. It's tough to do that two years in a row, and I think Jimmy Garoppolo, I think that teams are going to try to shut down the run, which I know is easier said than done against Kyle Shanahan and the run plays that he draws up, but I think that Jimmy Garoppolo is going to be exposed this season, and I think that, I mean, at the receiver position, they're just not healthy right now. Debo Samuel's out, so I think they come back down to earth a little bit. I think Seattle might be the team to beat, or New Orleans, who I really like, despite Drew Brees not being Drew Brees anymore. I think they just have the best team. I do think the Niners come back down to earth, but they get the victory this Sunday. When we come back, we'll go through the rest of the docket for the NFL schedule, including our picks for the Green Bay Packers. Stay tuned. This is the Bill Michaels Huddle. We'll be back right after this. 
16 stations strong. The Bill Michaels Sports Talk Network. They're going to challenge you, and they're going to play a lot of man coverage, and it's just what style of man coverage, who are they going to double? You know, I've got a lot of respect for what he's been able to accomplish, and they play competitive football, man. We know that they're going to be physical. They're going to know what to do, and our guys got to really prepare well and then go out and and win one-on-one matchups when when they present themselves. Matt LaFleur talking about the, uh, the Lions secondary. Welcome back to the Bill Michaels Huddle, brought to you by Bud Light. We've got Bart Winkler and Ryan Horvath on the panel tonight. We're in the midst of our picks. We ended with a game that uh, goes west coast to east coast. Same thing. The Rams are on the road taking on the Eagles, and as much as I like the Rams guys and Sean McVay's offense, I think the Eagles look bad in, in their opener. And, uh, Bart, I'll start with you, but I'm taking the Eagles at home in this one. This is where the west coast to east coast gets them a, a little bit of a bite. I think the Rams look better, but they kind of only run the same two plays golf rollout and then a rush i'll take an eagles bounce back only because of the travel otherwise i do like the rams but i'll take the eagles Harvey, yeah i'm gonna go with the rams on the road in this game rough week for carson wentz was sacked a bunch and i like the rams on the road sean mcveigh i really like him on the road 20 and 8 on the road and neutral site games including playoff games uh so i, I really like mcveigh on the road so i'm gonna go with the rams uh, the Steelers at home at Heinz Field, they're taking on the Broncos. Broncos, that's uh, just a, a, a bad football team at this point. I like the Steelers, the direction they're going. Big, Big Ben is back and looking healthy. I'll take the Steelers at home. Ryan? Yeah, I really like the Steelers this season. I think Big Ben looks really good, Bill, and I think that the Steelers are a 13-win football team. I think they roll the Broncos. I'm trying to talk myself out of the Steelers. They won I, games last year with Duck Hodges. Dude. Yeah, I think they're going to win this football game. I'm with you guys. Then you've got the Buccaneers hosting the Panthers, and Tom took a little criticism, which Brett Favre uh, took a little umbrage with, saying, "Don't, don't criticize Tom, don't call him out." But uh, the Panthers, yeah, they didn't look great either. But I'm going to take the Buccaneers. I just think the Buccaneers are going to have a bounce back win. I think it's going to happen for them at home. I'm taking the Buccaneers, Bart. They will win by 15 or more points. The Buccaneers. They're going to be on a mission to shut everybody up. I mean, Tom Brady. Everyone was surprised how washed he looked. Tom Brady is washed. This is how Tom Brady's looked the last three years. But when you motivate him, he will come out there and he will beat you. And and he can still do that at 40 hundred or however old he is. They're going to win this game. <laughs> I, I'm going to take Carolina in this game. I think it's going to take Tampa Bay a couple weeks. I mean, no offseason for Brady to get familiar with these receivers, even if they were having offseason workouts. I don't know that Brady's a great fit for the Bruce Arians offense, to be quite honest, throwing the ball downfield. I think he's better getting rid of the ball quickly, dinking and dunking his way down the field. But I'm not going to give up on Tom Brady. We do this every single season. We give up on him, and then he ends up uh, winning the Super Bowl. So, But I will go with Carolina with the upset. Minshew Mania is back in the Jacksonville Jaguars. They go to uh, Tennessee to take on the Titans. Titans get a win. Jaguars both with a win. Uh, but I, I, I just can't put my trust in Gardner Minshew. I, I just, I just can't. I still think they're going to have a tremendous run game down in Tennessee. Uh, and the fact that uh, their their kickers missing field goals and then finally makes one at the end, and they should have won that game by a lot more. I'm taking the Titans at home. Yeah, I'll take Pardon? the I'll take the Titans too. I think they're going to be a team that everyone. Things ah oh, they weren't as good as they were last year, and then they'll they'll win 10, 11 games quietly, this one included. Yep, I'm going to take Tennessee too. I think this will be a blowout. I think uh, Derrick Henry will have a big day. Washington on the road 
gets a win uh, last week. They were home, and they get a nice win, and then they have to go on the road and take on the Arizona Cardinals. I think the Cardinals are one of the most improved teams and a, and a team that nobody's really talking about too much. And DeAndre Hopkins uh, is a huge addition to that offense, and once he really gets acclimated, I think it's going to be fantastic. But I'm going to take the Cardinals at home to get the win, Ryan. Yeah, I'm also going to take Arizona. I really like them this season. I like Kyler Murray a lot. I love the DeAndre Hopkins pickup. I like the fact they're getting the ball in his hands, which Bill O'Brien, for some reason, at times didn't like to do in Houston. I'll go with the Cardinals in a blowout win. I want to see more Kenyon Drake this week, but I do like Kyler Murray a lot. I like him with this team. I like the Cardinals. I cannot believe the Texans are going to start off the season 0-2, but I'm picking the Ravens to go into Houston and get the win. The Texans, as much as I'm rooting for them, maybe more so than anything, uh, and I really like Deshaun Watson. Obviously, J.J. Watts, the hometown favorite, but uh, I, I just I, – I, I'm going to take the upset. I'm going to root for Houston in this one. I'm going to take them over the Ravens, even though my head's saying don't do that. Bart? I love these young quarterbacks. I love Lamar. I love Mahomes. I love Watson. The problem is those other two that I mentioned have good teams around them. Watson doesn't. So I'll take Baltimore. Yeah, I'm going to go with Baltimore, too. I think they're going to be a 14-win football team. I think they're the best team in the league. Uh, I love Houston. I just don't love the head coach and Bill O'Brien. I do like Deshaun uh, Watson a lot, but I think Baltimore will uh, win a close one. Kansas City, 1-0, wins convincingly uh, at home. Now they go on the road. They take on the Chargers, who are also 1-0. But uh, I'm going with Kansas City until somebody beats them. And I'll go back to you, Ryan. So I think Kansas City wins this game, but I think the Chargers are going to only lose by a field goal and keep it a lot closer than people expect. But I do think Kansas City wins a close one just because Patrick Mahomes. I think the Chargers will lose by many field goals. I'll take Kansas City. (laughs) (laughs) The Sunday night matchup, the Patriots and Cam Newton hosting Russell Wilson and the Seattle Seahawks. Uh, I actually have Seattle going into New England and getting a win. I'm taking the Seahawks as much as it pains me. Uh, Bart? I'm so jacked for this game. I love Cam Newton in New England. I love that nobody wanted him. I love that Belichick is not shy about how to use him. I will take New England. To win Sunday night. Yeah, I'm going to go with Seattle. I also like the way that Belichick's going to use Cam Newton, and it's because they don't have a specific playbook. Josh McDaniels does in New England. It's all player-specific. They have different packages for different players. So I think Cam's going to have a big year, uh, but I do think Seattle gets the win. As much as I want to say you're going to get a win at home to christen that new stadium, uh, the $2 billion stadium with the Raiders out in Vegas, uh, I still think uh, the Saints, I, I, they're going to be the representative for the NFC in the Super Bowl if they continue to put it all together. I'm taking the Saints on the road to beat the Raiders. Ryan? Ooh, I'm going to go with the Saints. Yeah, I think the Saints are probably the best team in the league. I don't even think Drew Brees has to be Drew Brees for them to be good. They're just a complete football team, even without Michael Thomas. I'll go with uh, New Orleans. I'll play contrarian again. I'm going to take the Raiders, open up that new stadium in front of zero fans, but I think they're going to be motivated enough to knock off Probably a Michael Thomas-less Saints. If the Raiders lose in breaking in that new stadium, do you think Mark Davis stands up and like takes his wig off and like throwing a oh, hat they'll probably down move the to San to Antonio Darn. then. They'll probably move to yeah, he'll th- who knows where. They'll move to uh, Louisville. I don't know. They'll, they'll be on the move. Throws again. that bad wig down. Yeah, they'll be on the move. <laughs> and then the game we're all paying attention to. That's the Packers back at home at Lambeau Field taking on the Detroit Lions. Uh, I think Matt Lafleur gets his what is this? His uh, eighth win in the division to start out as the head coach of the Green Bay Packers. I'm taking the Packers at home. Give me a close game. Give me the Packers. 
Well, you know what? Uh, Ryan Wood was on our show today. He said 31-17. I said I'd agree with that, so not a close game. I'll take the Packers. I think Detroit leads the whole game, and then in the fourth quarter, they blow a 10-point lead. Mason Crosby field goal. I'll go Packers 27-24. to there you have it. That's the way we do it, guys. Appreciate it, Bart and Ryan. Uh, Ryan, go home, get some sleep. Bart, you do the same, and uh, we'll be listening again tomorrow. I appreciate it, guys. Okay? Thanks, Bill. Yeah, Good thanks, night. Billy. You too. Thank you, guys. Talk to you soon. This is the Bill Michaels Huddle. We are brought to you by Bud Light and Bud Light Seltzer. Bud Light Seltzer, 100 calories, unquestionably good. That's the picks. That's the way we do it. Uh, the next time I will talk to you will be uh, with the Green and Gold Post Game Show. Gary Ellerson and yours truly immediately following a Detroit and Green Bay on many of these same stations. Until then, time for us to go. Have a going. Everywhere in Wisconsin, the Bill Michaels Sports Talk Network. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law.